Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Family, I bet you follow Deshaun Harrison on Twitter, and I bet you've read their beautiful writing. Now's your chance to have a little bit of that Deshaun goodness bound up in a book about fat and black politics. Belly of the Beast comes out August 10th, and pre-orders are open now. And guess what? Results are in for our pre-order giveaway. Listen for your name to hear if you're getting a free copy. Ringale, Berisate, Mary McAuliffe, Ruth, and Emma West. Congrats, we will be reaching out to you. Pre-order Deshaun Harrison's debut book, Belly of the Beast, today. Find the link in the show notes. I'm Sophie. I'm Yelly. And this is She's All Fat. The podcast for fat positivity, radical self-love, and chill vibes only. Now in our final season. In this episode, we're covering books and kids and books for kids with the friend of the pod, Sonia Renee Taylor. But first, our news corner. Okay, mail alert. We've opened a Google form for you, our beloved family members, to write little notes of love to this fat community you have helped build. We'll be reading and posting your letters all season long. Whenever I say my mail alert line, it makes me think of the part in Blue's Clues where they're like, you just got a letter. (laughs) Me too. I think of it every time. (laughs) Anyways, we have a very special letter from Hannah. Hi, family. As sad as I am that SAF is ending, I am so grateful for the years of incredible content and community. When I found the pod, I was in college and hardcore dieting. I honestly didn't know any other way, but Sophie and April literally changed my life and may have saved it. The knowledge, affirmations, and revelations they and the community have shared with me have been invaluable to me and my activism. I'm so thankful that I found the podcast, and even though it's ending, I'll probably eternally revisit the first few seasons when I need an oral fat molly hug. The episode radiates pure comfort, care, understanding, and best of all, growth. Thank you for everything, SAF and fat molly. Love y'all. Love, Hannah. Aw, Hannah, love you. I'm so glad that you found the pod and that you felt like it was helpful for you. And... Yeah, I love you, Hannah. <laughs> Check the show notes to write your love letter to the fat Malie. We're all here for each other. We are love. Fat Malie, you know the spiel by now. It's your last chance to join our Patreon. The money from this season will be used to maintain our site and ensure you can listen to the pod long after our finale, just like that, Hannah. <laughs> when you join our Patreon at Team Paisley Moomoo or above, that's $7 a month, you get access to our legendary patron-only Facebook group. 
where people are talking about mega babe fire rescue and eating sweet wins. You'll also get a bonus Big Sister mailbag every Friday. That's right. We're taking your questions about boys, beaches, and booties and answering like the big sisters we both are. Stick around to the end of the episode for a sneak preview. In conclusion, now's the perfect time to go to patreon.com slash she's all fat pod and make a pledge to help your fave fatties and future family members. That's all our news for this week. Now here's the episode. Hi, family. I am lucky again to be here with Sonia Renee Taylor, writer and creator and person extraordinaire. You might remember Sonia from our great episode last season where we talked about her book, The Body is Not an Apology. You probably are a big fan already, but if you don't know what's going on in Sonia's life right now, Sonia, could you please give us some updates on some recent things that you've been working on and just what's going on with you? Oh my goodness, what's going on with me? Um, I just got back from vacation, <laughs> which brings yes. me a lot of joy. But beyond that, I am currently working on a new kids book called The Book of Radical Answers that I know you already know. Oh my gosh. And it is basically me answering questions from kids around the world who've asked me questions about growing up and identity and politics and family and religion and all kinds of things. And I'm so, I'm your radical auntie who gets to answer all of those questions. Oh my God, I love that. It's really fun. It's, uh, it's I, I think it's going to be really good. But that's currently in the works. It should be out in 2022. I am working on a collaboration with brilliant pleasure activist, emergent strategist, Adrienne Marie Brown. Oh my God. On a co- collective offering. Two icons. Wow. <laughs> we got to promo that for you. Yes, please do. Uh, so hopefully we'll be ready to share that in the world in the late summer yes and then i have an essay featured in the new new york times best-selling book you are your best thing an anthology from tarana burke and brene brown wow you're doing amazing things geez i like to think so it's fun it's yeah. been a good time so that essay that essay is called running out of gas and it is a excerpt from a memoir project that i am working on and that is any place books are sold and then also the International Handbook of Fat Studies, which I co-edited with Kat Pazé, Dr. Kat Pazé, uh, that came out in April and is also available and has brilliant research and essays from fat activists and fat academics from around the world. So, yeah. Wow. Congratulations. We are so lucky hey. to have you. You're doing Thank so many you. amazing things. <laughs> Those are so cool. (laughs) Thanks. I appreciate it. (laughs) Man, obviously, we're going to put all those links in the show notes, and they should all be, but we'll make sure we have all those things also on our resources page on our website because those are all valuable, amazing resources. I'm especially looking forward. I have the anthology, but I haven't had time to read it yet, but it's just Mm. looking at me. I'm so excited. (laughs) It's filled with just complete brilliance. The writers in there are phenomenal and some of the you know the writers I respect the most in the world are in there and yes um it's a powerful conversation oh I pre-ordered I'm excited to get to to it Okay. Well, that's amazing. You're amazing. I don't know how you get so much done. I feel good when I shower two days in a row. So I truly <laughs> well, think you're doing great. <laughs> I, I usually forego the showering. That's that's really yeah. how it happens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh my God. I truly admire you. That's so incredible. I just sound like a fangirl whenever I talk to you because I am. (laughs) But those are all just important, cool things that I'm so glad are in the world. Thank you. Let's move on before I sound silly to the meat of it. So today we are here to talk about being a figure, talking to kids, being a figure in a kid's life and talking to them about embodiment and self-love and having a body and social experiences. We get a lot of questions about how to be an adult who helps heal someone's relationship growing into themselves Mm -hmm. and not damage it further and we want to touch again on that future book you just mentioned but we're going to talk about another book you have out the ultimate puberty book for girls celebrate your body and it changes too which i liked but let's start out with just talking about like when you were writing this book or the book you're writing now or just as an adult with children in your life that you may care about what yeah. do you think the landscape looks like right now in terms of kids shows books movies teens media set like what how do you feel like you know we have adults have your book and other stuff are there yeah. any similar things what do you think it's like growing up right now is it as bad as the 2000s is it better I, what do you think you know, i don't actually know i mean i feel like i'm you know for about a year i was really detached from young people. I didn't, you know, during COVID, I didn't have access to the kids in my life. And so I don't know what the kid media is like. Um, I had some, some young people in my house over the weekend, a seven-year-old and a five-year-old and Mm. they were showing me a show called zombie high school or something i don't know Uh, (laughs) but there wasn't you know even a little bit that i saw it didn't look you know it didn't look wildly even i think where we might be starting to get the message around diversity i don't think that that has actually begun to permeate as it relates to size I don't think it has really fully started to permeate as it relates to gender identity. I think those are places where we're still kind of, media is moving slower than society is moving. I agree. And so I think that young people are understanding those things more, but not necessarily having them reflected back to them in their media. I agree. I mean, especially more mainstream stuff. I mean, there's plenty of Mm -hmm. like cool indie projects and like, you know, I get like Kickstarter because of what I've supported on Kickstarter. I get Kickstarter things all the time. That's like a child's queer alphabet, like gay superheroes with like disabilities for kids. You know, I get like all those (laughs) and I'm always like, all right, right, sure. Here's my $5. But like, it's because of the problem with all like mainstream media, which is like when it comes from the top, it's coming from, you know, the top. Yeah. Yeah. Which is probably part of the reason why like, individual conversations that people have with kids feel so important. It's been interesting to see the letters that we get. I think a lot of people who write into us, they're people who are dealing with the things we talk about on this show that you talk about in your book. They're dealing with trying to heal their relationships with themselves, with the world, with self-care, with with food, with whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. And so when you have a teenager or a kid like encounter these things for the first time, I know when I've been in that situation, I feel a lot of pressure to like get it right. You know what I mean? And it's like hard because you know that you're coming to it with your own bullshit. Right. With all your stuff. You know? Absolutely. Do you have any thoughts on that? I mean, I try as best as possible to... I mean, to come to the conversations from a framework so that it's less about my bullshit and it's more about here is this framework 
that I too am practicing to live into. And that's, yeah. what, you know, I think it's what I love about the work of radical self-love is that it is, you know, at its core, the work of practice and aspiration, right? It's yeah. like, here's this thing I'm constantly reminding myself to come back to. It's the shoreline. Yes. And so here's this shoreline for you too. And you'll drift away from it. Of course you will. We live in a world that has really intense currents in the opposite direction. You will drift away, but there's this rope that you can always pull yourself back by. And that tries to be the mess that I try to have that be the message that I share with young people. I love that. I mean, I think it's harder in moments. This is more about adults than it is about kids. But I was thinking about in thinking about interactions about body stuff that I've had with kids. I think Mm -hmm. all fat adults have had the thing where like a younger kid makes a comment about your body and not only having to deal with your reaction to that like what's happening for you. But then every time that happens, I am so aware of not wanting to snap or like be, because I don't want to teach them that it's, you know what I mean? Like that moment is so hard to navigate sometimes. It is. is. And I think for me, it's really about what is the balance? What I try to remember is what's my role in young people's lives, right? And my role is guidance. My role is to say, here are some things that I know that you might not know yet. And let me share them with you. In that case, one of the things that I can share is like that there's a world that will tell you that there are bad bodies and good bodies. And what I know is that that isn't true. And so let's actually start to have a conversation about why you believe those things, because that's the age where particularly with like, I find that younger kids are the ones who have started to already sort of get the indoctrinations about good and bad bodies, but they don't have an assessment about the why yet. Right. They just know like, oh, the world says that's bad and that's good. And I don't have. Yes. So if we can start at that point to get to the why, right, to get kids to ask questions about the why they think what they think, you know, that's the disruption point. That's where we get to be the change agents in young people's lives because they start to be like, oh, that's silly. I believe that. Yeah, right. They really do like learn so quick, I feel like. Or even there have been plenty of times when a kid has said something that they actually mean pretty neutrally. You know, when kids are making discovery statements, you know, where they notice they'd be like, Oh, you're bigger than the other teachers or whatever. You know, like you're bigger than my last babysitter or something. Mm -hmm. And it's like you have to be careful not like kids notice how you you know? Exactly. So you have to be like, Yes, like what, what do you yeah. think about that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? It's such a great opportunity for us to reflect on where's my work still, right? Can yeah. I treat oh, it? Oh, yeah. Because if I don't treat it neutrally, then that's some that's some information exactly. about where I am in my own journey, right? Like, it's such an interesting moment because a kid is coming at it with such little information. They've just been in the world not so long. Right. And, like, already, you know, sometimes when you're talking to kids, you can feel – it, at least when I'm talking to little kids, I think this is because I don't have a little kid. You know what I mean? So I'm not around right. them all the time. Right. But when I am, I'm always reminded of what I was like at that age or like what mm. that experience at that age was like for me, you know? Right. So I feel like there's always that like dual. I don't know. But yeah, you're totally right. I mean, that's why I'm like, you have to manage your own experience while also trying to like have yes. a good experience for them, you know? Absolutely. I had a situation with the children who were at my house this weekend and one of them, she's five. And, <laughs> and you know, she was there. It's her and her sister, her mother and her father. And they dog sat for me when I was on vacation. And then they hung out um, and spent some time with me once I got back. And uh-huh. as they were preparing to leave, she was like, 
it must be awfully lonely with just you and the dog here. <laughs> I was like, well, I had thought about it. You said it, kid. <laughs> and it was oh this, my god, right? And it was this moment where really what I felt like she was getting at is like, oh, there's an unspoken energy, right? That that whether it's conscious or it's not conscious, kids are so deeply tapped into the unspoken and to the unconscious in us. And they're, and because they don't have all the filters, they say the thing that everybody else won't say. I'm sure our parents were thinking that too. Sonia living in this big house by herself <laughs> with just this dog. She, oh, she must be lonely sometimes. And she doesn't have a filter about whether or not that's appropriate to say. And so it was this moment where it was like, right, I get to... I get to one, be confronted about what actually is my experience sometime, but also to like help her understand the framing, right? And she was actually yeah. really sweet. Sweet. She was like, well, I painted you a picture and when you look at it, you'll remember us and you'll feel happy. And I was like, thank, thank you very much. That's very uh, cute. Well, yeah, because yeah. when they say something like that, it's like she doesn't, she's not coming at it with the like judgment and judgment. that an adult might about yeah. an adult living you know what I mean there's no none of the like if that sentence came from an, an adult you would be like okay <laughs> you know right. yeah <laughs> like, rude but like they, she didn't mean it rude she was just rude. like oh I hope you're okay that's yeah, so cute like, I hope you're okay <laughs> maybe get you some cans it was hilarious yeah. it was really hilarious <laughs> Well, when you were writing your ultimate puberty book for girls, Celebrate Your Body and It Changes Too, mm -hmm. which is a great tool for anybody for who has kids in their life who might be around the ages where like this, you know, body changes are happening. And if you feel like I do, where you might feel worried about your own conditioning and how mm -hmm. even if you've you've changed how you think about yourself, it's still hard to figure out how to communicate it all the times. Yeah. I highly recommend this book. I basically read it and compared it everything about it to the one that the iconic one I read which is the American yeah, Girl, American the Girl. Care of Keeping a View, which is what everyone yes. on my age has had a copy of. <laughs> I highly recommend this as an update. It has its own drawings of boobs, which were very important to my <laughs> nascent bisexuality. I had no idea why I was so interested in them at the time. Yes, um, yes, exactly. This book also has drawings of the different stages of boobs. So if you're worried about that, don't worry. Your preteens can also discover thereby. Yes. And um, yeah, I want to know in what ways did writing this for kids? I mean, a lot of it's very practical info. But in what ways did you feel like you could lend your mindset and like this other stuff you work on in here? How did you slip it in? Yeah, it really was a function of slipping it in. The book was basically a commissioned writing from a publisher who was like, hey, would you write this book? And I was like, mm, I guess so. I've been through puberty. I guess I could say yep. something. Uh, <laughs> but it was but they had a very specific vision about what they wanted this book to be and they wanted it to be very mainstream and they did not want it to be particularly radical. And, and so there's ways in which I would have gone much further and said lots of other things that I wasn't allowed to say in this book. But, I can see that having read yeah, it for sure. Yeah. But that's to make it that's that's it's just because I've read all your other stuff. So there were parts right. where I was like, I know what else she would want right. to say why, here. Why didn't she get rid of this? Right. And yeah. I think, you know, I think people were really familiar with my other work is like, oh, there's not a we didn't talk about trans identity in this, really. We didn't sure. talk about you know, sexuality in this. Right. And, these, and those are things that I absolutely would have talked about. The publisher was like, no. Uh, yeah. And so what I did my best 
to do was to really try to create a foundation where where young people open this book and they say, oh, the things that are happening to my body are actually cool. My body is cool. And yeah. it will do cool things. And I may not understand them all, but they are all in service to me becoming my best, most beautiful, most radical, unapologetic self. And yes. that's what I, that was the through line that I was like, I can give this, you know? I can say that this part is absolutely true regardless of whether we talk about the details of sexuality or gender or any of those things yes what i mostly wanted kids to leave with is like my body is cool however this body is and it's doing exactly what it needs to do to give me the life i need as an adult you know i love that i mean i think that does come across and like it's so funny rereading that kind of thing because again it's just like i think until you are a parent and you're like back in the thick of having a human body to deal with every day yeah you forget like all that stuff that was so unfamiliar like my sense of my body feels so formed now because it's been so long since I was changing in in any way except for weight as physically or muscle do you know what I mean Mm -hmm. totally and like rereading it I was like Oh, yeah. Like there was a time when I was really anxious about how big my boobs would get. And there was a time when I like wasn't sure how tall I would be. And like thinking about self-love, like the kind of self-love you talk about in your book would have been so different than when I, you know, was going through that, not sure what I would become, hoping I would become certain things, looking at magazines, you know what I mean? All those Mm. things. Yeah, definitely. That period of our lives, you know, puberty and development is so intense and so rapid, right? Like even as an aging person, as I, you know, we're all aging, but I'm aging and, you know, on the... over just creeping over middle age right and so are you uh, i was like i I have no idea where she's going with this i have no idea how old you are i'm 44 and i'll be 45 this year that's still young that's still young but it's definitely middle age i mean yeah 45 maybe i live to 90 and that's really lucky right so yeah that's true i'm definitely on the second half of my life right okay Uh, fair enough fair enough and so even in then i noticed the changes happening to my body and there will be more changes right but they are so much more protracted than the changes of puberty where it's all coming at you quick Right. And so I feel like in t- in that time where we don't have much time to adjust to the changes, it's really important to at least set the foundation that the changes are in service of you and they're awesome and you're awesome. And can yeah. you hold on to that while you go through this rapid ride? You know, I think that's a great way to look at it. I mean, there's just a period of time where everything feels weird about your body. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you you can definitely, everyone has like a two-year period where the pictures of you just look kind of weird. Like <laughs> yes. they just, you just <laughs> don't like, look like yourself. So and, <laughs> and you look uncomfortable all the time because you're aware that you don't really look like yourself. Right. And I, I remember being in that time. And also that was about the same time when everyone kind of smelled bad because you weren't yeah. sure. Yes, <laughs> Right, what to do? Out the hygiene thing yet? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Ugh, what a time. Well, can you give us a little? Can you tell me a little more again about that book you mentioned up top that you're writing now, and like maybe tell us a little bit about how 
you use that, what you're talking about in that book to have convos with kids and teens and that kind of stuff. Absolutely. So the book of radical answers that I know you already know, uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, is really, you know, the, the idea came from a few years back, a friend of mine who is a sexuality educator, uh, with Planned Parenthood, um, was often doing workshops with young people. And it was like, the questions these kids come up with, Sonia, are just like, and I was like, we should partner on a book. I said that a long time ago. And that never came to fruition. But what still kept coming back to me is like, there are all of these questions that young people have that, and the issue isn't that the kids have the questions, the issue is that adults are like, ah, I don't want to answer that. That's awkward, yeah. right? <laughs> Um, or I don't know how to answer that. Like, I don't like, yeah. I have this sense of what I want to say, but I don't know the words. Right. And in the lives of young people that I am in relationship and connection with, I am kind of the like radical auntie. That's the, you know, my, you know, my, I love that. My best friend was like, all right, uh, my daughter needs to talk about sex. Cause obviously her and her little boyfriend, right. <laughs> And so I was the one who had the conversation about condoms so and about consent, you know, and, and yes. I love being that. I love that people are like, send them to Sonia. She'll, yes. she'll answer the awkward, uncomfortable question. And so I'm like, oh, well, what if I just did that in a book, right? What if I did that for all parents? But what if the questions are not the questions parents think young people want to know what are the questions that young people want to know and so we source in the source questions from young people between the ages of 10 and 14 from anywhere all over the world and folks came up with these young people are asking different questions today too these are some serious questions i was i was like oh child i'm gonna have to think about this one i don't know <laughs> can you give us an example or like a like an idea towards one if you can't share one specifically yeah i mean so there are a lot i mean what's really sweet is that there are some questions that just seem to be age old they're going to be the questions that young people have forever yeah what do i do when my friend doesn't want to be my friend anymore yeah you know how do i navigate social relationships those i was like there are tons of them and they were the questions i asked my mom asked that everybody else asked at that age throughout history and then there are questions that are much more about sort of the awareness of, of this particular social moment so there are questions about you know why do my friend's parents support a president who doesn't like other races. Wow. Why do, you know, I think I'm asexual. How do I talk about that? Yeah. And if we had one question, it was, I was like, this was the one I was like, I don't know. And it was like, my mom's having an affair. Do I tell, or no, my dad's having an affair. Do I tell my mom? Oh my God. Jesus. (laughs) Oh my God. So some of this, I was like, honey, uh, oh my God, I don't know what to tell you about these. So it was, I mean, there are a lot of questions about a lot of things, needless to say. Oh my gosh. Jeez. I feel like the answer there is like, tell you tell your dad he is to tell your yeah, mom exactly, because what exactly. the hell it's not to be right exactly yeah damn that's wild it's funny because sometimes when i'm talking to preteens or even when we get emails sometimes i know what to say and then sometimes i know 
I have like a voice, like I know what I was told and then I know right. that that's not what I want to say, but right. I'm not <laughs> sure quite yet what I do want exactly to say. say. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, what I appreciate about this project is that I get to sit with the questions and I get to yeah. think and, you know, and like formulate. And then there are also sections in the book called Ask an Expert. And that's where I just ask friends who are experts in that subject matter. Oh, that's going to be so cool. Answer those questions. And so, yeah, I think it's going to be a real powerful resource. And I get to talk about the things that, like I said, in my first young people offering, I was not able to be fully expressive about, but I totally yes. can talk about like, when do we know is the right time to have sex? Or, you know, what is, you know, one of, <laughs> one of the questions is about like, all right, I know the ins and outs and stuff, but like, what do people do about positions? They're like, these types of <laughs> and I'm like, oh, great, I get to answer these. So. <laughs> I remember being very, because I, my parents were divorced and I grew up like mostly with my mom and sister. I remember for a lot of the preteen period until I like saw like a movie or something like that, or maybe I saw porn or I'm not totally sure, but I thought that for a long time I was confused about how sex happened because I thought that the penis was like more in between people's legs like the way your vagina is you know like I thought it was lower down down. right yes that's geometry how does this work like I don't and then I saw and I was like Oh, I just thought I just had a totally wrong, wrong idea. Just wrong location, of, just, right? Yeah. <laughs> move it up. Just move it up. <laughs> yep. I just, I just, and then I was like, oh, I guess I've never, you know, because I just, you know, there weren't men walk or boys walking around in our house, you know, right, so I didn't right. see it casually. Anyways, that just brought that to mind. Um, <laughs> which I'm sure I'm not the only kid who and like not at had all. that, you know, and not at all, and that's why. I, I think that's why these kinds of books are so important is because like, that's a, that's a question that a kid probably is never going to ask their mom. Like where yes. exactly is the penis? It, no, business? I you know, never like, would have right, never, never, right? never. Yeah. But if you came across a book that was like, here is an actual diagram of yes. a penis and here's the diagram of the vagina. Now, oh, I can see the difference between those things. Exactly. And, this is how they you know, go together sometimes yes, if sometimes, they do, if whatever. They yes. Right. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Since you wrote this first book and while you're writing the second book what do you feel like your big takeaways are for how you want to talk to kids or like in general like you've said keeping in mind the framework helps and how you want to like communicate these bigger ideas do you have any other tips for our family who wants to have positive conversations with kids or preteens about their body or body image or any of those things 
Yeah, I think it's really important that we start the conversation from, and it's the reason why the book is subtitled the way it is, that I know yeah. you already know. And one, it's like kind of facetious, like, yeah, yeah, it's something I already know. It's kind of that. <laughs> but it's also, I do know you already know. I do know that in you is an inherent intrinsic wisdom that will lead you to make the best decisions in service to yourself because we all come here with that. That's part of radical self-love. And so if we talk to young people, like like we know that they are brilliant, like we know that they actually have the answers in them, that we're not ju- they're not just empty vessels we're pouring into, that they already come with source knowledge and that our job is to help them trust themselves. Our job is to help them listen to that voice themselves so that they can, so that it can guide them more astutely. That's the role of the adult. And that's what I try to infuse in all of the work is, you know yourself and, and what you most need to know to, you know, do this journey of life is already in you. And it's our work to help you hear that voice without so much chatter in the background. Cash, once again, look at you talking in paragraphs. You o- your words always <laughs> you always help me get out of my own way. Every we always mm. say helpful things. I loved that. That's a mm-hmm. perfect place for us to wrap up this short little interview. Um yeah. so do you have any other resources you want to shout out or just any other things you want us to make sure people know about or exciting things coming up? Uh yes, I want to shout out some other resources that I think are really important and I'm continuing to gather resources as well for the book but lots of people ask me is there a boys version to celebrate your body um and there is I did not write it but there is a boys version called called Growing Up Great. Uh, It's by the same publisher and it's outlined almost very similarly to the way Celebrate Your Body is outlined. And it's so I think that that's an excellent place to start for for young cisgendered boys. Both of these books are directed towards uh, cis kids. And I want to continue to, I am looking for, and if folks know of really great resources for trans young people, that would be amazing, particularly trans young people navigating puberty, which is a different conversation for trans yes. kids, right? And so I think that's an important, I'm, I'm looking for that resource. If people know it, DM me, please. Um, yes. And then just in terms of some really great books that I think are t- talking about some of the subjects that will come up in the book of Radical Answers, Ibram X. Kendi and Jason Reynolds have a book uh, called Stamps, uh, um, or not stand is it stamped from the beginning? No, it's um how to be an anti-racist for young people. Oh, um, cool. And so it's a really great book. Jason Reynolds is brilliant and is writing some of the best young adult work in the world, as far as I'm concerned. And so that is definitely a resource. Um yeah, and then I'm just sort of like I said, I'm gathering things. So as other folks know of things, please send them along. Yeah, we will definitely be on the lookout for those. Hopefully, by the time this comes out, we'll have a couple for the show notes and have sent a couple along to you of things about trans kids and puberty. And family, please send them in, and we will yes. send them on over, or just DM Sonia directly. Okay, bye, family. <laughs> All right, we put out a call for more voice memos and recommendations for fat positive children and middle grade literature. We got a couple of voice memos from Megan and from Lydia. Thank you so much for your recs. We cannot wait to check them out. And it's not too late. If you want to send in some more, we can let you know 
updates in a future episode. We will be linking Megan's bookstagram if you want any more book recommendations and Lydia's Etsy store in the show notes in case anyone would like to send some extra love to these family members. And here are the voice memos. Hey, I'm Megan. I'm a fifth grade teacher and I'm going to recommend some body positive, fat positive, middle grade books for kids. There's not a lot of options, but hopefully there'll be more in the future. First up would be Dear Sweet Pea by Julie Murphy, of course, the icon, the legend, and her middle grade book is just as delightful as her YA books. Highly recommend. Uh, Some Places More Than Others by Renee Watson, who also wrote Love is a Revolution, another excellent fat positive YA book. But Some Places More Than Others is about a young black girl who lives in Portland and she wants to visit her father's family in Harlem. And it's a really cute story about family. And if I remember correctly, I don't think they ever talk about her weight. Um, But she is, there is a fat girl on the cover. It's got a really cute cover. There's actually two editions. They both have really cute covers, both with, with fat girls. There's a new book that just came out called Starfish by Lisa Phipps, and I just read it. It's in um, poetry form, which I really love and is really popular with kids. My students love those type of books. The first half of the book for me was really hard to read. Um, It was very painful because it's just so much bullying and her mother is really hard on her about her weight. But I promise it has a happy ending and it will uh, be worth it. <laughs> but just FYI, it, it it was a tough one. But the cover is super cute. It's got a fat girl spreading out like a starfish in her swimsuit in her pool. Um, so I would, I would recommend it. The next two don't really have fat characters, but they have slightly chubbier characters. Um, the first is Stargazing by Jen Wang. It's a graphic novel about two friends and the one is like a little a bit on the chubby side. It's a really cute book. And then the Squirrel Girl comics from Marvel are totally like age appropriate for um, middle grade, but they're really for all ages. And she's a superhero. She has the powers of a girl and a squirrel. She's also not fat, but she's definitely on the chubbier side. And she's definitely is like a body positive character. Like, uh, I always felt like she is the kind of character who would tell you to wear that crop top. So those are some of my middle grade recommendations. I hope there'll be more in the future. And one picture book recommendation, which is Bodies Are Cool by Tyler Fetter, is coming out June 1st. And I'm really excited about it. It looks amazing. Google the cover. It looks so good. Hi, Sophie, Yelly, and Fatly. So I'm a fat young adult librarian, and I wanted to offer up a rec for a newish middle grade book called Starfish by Lisa Fitz which is a novel in verse about a middle schooler who is learning to tune out the fat phobia around her, find her body allies, and basically live joyfully in her fatness. Uh, And if nothing else, please just go Google the cover because it makes my fat kid heart so happy. Uh, And even as fat rep in middle, middle grade and YA gets better and broader, the industry seems to be allergic to putting super fat or infinifat people on the covers of books. Like, yes, we have Puddin' by Julie Murphy, but I shelve like a hundred books a day, and I have yet to see an honest-to-God fupa staring back at me. And I was recently so disappointed to see that this new YA anthology that came out 
that is literally all about being fat, the publishers just didn't have anyone over a mid-fat on the cover. And that was so personally disappointing. Um, But to end on a hopeful note, there is just so much more now than there was 10 years ago. Like, your kid doesn't have to read Blubber anymore if they want to see themselves represented. And fat writers, write that book. We still need it. This season, we're doing a big sister mailbag for our patrons every Friday. We're answering questions like, what do I say if a family member comments on how my body has changed? Well, depends which way. If they say that your body has gotten smaller, I'm always like, they mean it as a compliment. I'm always Mm -hmm. like, oh, I didn't notice. Or I'll say like, um, I mean, usually for me, it's the truth, which is like, yeah, I couldn't eat for a couple weeks because of my chronic illness. So, yeah. I mean, you can also go back and listen to, I think, our Thanksgiving episode from one of the first few seasons. We go through a lot of possible responses on comments on your body changing. It's a couple ways you can do it. Depends on how you want to deal with this family member. You can make it seem like that question was a little weird. Mm -hmm. You can say like, oh, really? Um, I haven't noticed. Or you can say like, oh, I actually don't like to have comments about my body. Anyways, blah, 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 blah. Or you can just be like, oh, and then keep going about something else. Yeah. I was just going to say, if you're somebody who's super non-confrontational like myself, usually what I will do is not engage with it at all and like either look away or like physically walk away and make it clear through my body language that like that's a boundary that's been crossed or by changing the topic altogether and just talking about something different or talking to somebody else yeah yeah it's hard because you don't uh, so many people have those convos and there's an expected way for them to go Mm -hmm. but you don't have to do it you don't have to do it you can just go oh and then keep going something else yeah you do not have to have that conversation if you don't want Mm -mm. to Mm -mm. you can also pretend you misunderstood and pivot to something else like if they're like oh my god you're looking so good lately because you've like they think you've lost weight or something you can be Mm -hmm. like thank you i got this new shirt or whatever you know what i mean like or if they're like oh my god like blah 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 like you look so different you could just be like yeah i really like my new skincare routine yeah you know like pivot pretend yeah, there are like subtle ways to let people know that that is not a conversation that's going to happen basically i know i mean personally i care less about letting them know and more about protecting myself about totally. like but that's because i don't have a lot of close family except for my like nuclear family you know mm-hmm. so it's mostly more it when i think of this it's more like close family friends who you can be a little bit more subtle with you can just be you know what I mean but like it's harder when it's like your aunt or something like that like yeah Yeah. when I was growing up I had like a lot of uh distant relatives and they all live in Venezuela so we would go and I would only see them once a year and because we hadn't seen each other in a year obviously my body had like changed within that time so that was the first thing they would always comment on was like whether or not I had gained or lost weight (sighs) and my biggest like response was truly just to flat out ignore it and like not say anything at all but yeah it's tough when that's like the first thing that somebody says to you after a long time you can also feel a lot of pressure to make the convo go smoothly but you don't have to you can just be silent Mm -hmm. and then say something else yeah because they're the ones being rude by commenting on your body don't Mm -hmm. forget 
well, we hope that it goes okay. I know that yes. a lot of people are, like, nervous about uh, things opening up, rightfully so, and, like, all of that happening. So That's very fair. Well, let us know. Let us know how it goes. And wishing you the best, whoever wrote this, and you got it. Everyone deals with comments like this, you know? It's like okay to have an uncomfortable moment and then you'll feel good about yourself for not like buying into the combo again. But mm-hmm. if you end up having to also to make things go smooth, it's fine. You know what I mean? It's fine. But if you manage to elide the conversation, good for you. Totally. It might also be helpful to have some sort of like a uh, like a saying to remember and just remind yourself that like body change is neutral. Yeah. And to have that in your back pocket if that you know, feeling does come up of uh, absolutely badness. Absolutely. Love that answer, Yelly. Thank you. <laughs> if you liked hearing us big sisters answer your questions, join our Patreon at Team Paisley Moo Moo or above to hear full minisodes every Friday. And that's the episode. Shout out to Stylish Sista where you can get the only SAF stickers on the market. You can find the All Bodies Are Good Bodies collab at stylishsista.etsy.com for a limited time, and I can't recommend enough that you do. How else will you meet other Fat Molly members in the wild? Reminder that we have a voicemail box at 213-375-5023, and we want to hear from you. You can call in with questions, concerns, and kidlets re- kids lit wrecks, and we might even play your message on the pod. Leaving us an Apple podcast review doesn't have to be a toiling emotional experience. Listen to this one from user H. Shouldis. So good. I love this show and I'm so sad that it's ending. Thank you, H. If you want to leave a legacy of reviews for me to cry over on the toilet long after SAF ends, and maybe one day we'll get to new and noteworthy (laughs) after we end. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. As always, shout out to our patrons. Thank you to Anne McLattery, Amber Bernstein, Francis Brake, Laura Lorgel, Aubrey Allison, Amy Shine, Emma Jane Resplendent, Amanda Leite, Amanda Jonakatis, and Cassandra Lewis. We couldn't make the show without you. Bye. Bye. She's All Fat was created by me. Sophie Carter-Kahn, and April K. Quio, who graduated. We are an independent production. If you'd like to support the work we do, you can join our Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash she's all fat pod. When you pledge to be a supporter, you'll get all sorts of goodies and extra content. Please make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's super important in making sure people find the show so we can grow the family. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to the stuff we mentioned today. And don't forget to send us your questions at fyi at she'sallfatpod.com. You can also leave us a voicemail at 213-375-5023 and we might even play it on the pod. Our episode ads are done in partnership with Acast. If you're interested in sponsoring the show, you can get started at acast.com. Our theme music was composed and produced by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs. Our website was designed by Jesse Fish, and our logo is by Hannah Sanger. Lynn Barbera co-produced and edited this episode. Yelly Cruz is our magical junior producer. Our thin crony forever is Maria Bertel. I'm our host and co-producer. Our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter handles are at She's All Fat Pod. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Stay safe. We love you. 
would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.